This show is brought to you by the Deluxe Edition Network. Head over to the Den Dot Show for other great podcasts. You monster! Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of the Deluxe Edition, the show where we love to dig deep into classic pop culture. My name is Bill Seabald, here as always with Mr. Casey Shearer. How are you, my friend? Good, Bill. How are you, buddy? I'm doing good. I got to get my voice warmed up here. I got to talk real deep, like all those fancy old radio. Remember the radio DJs? It's like whoever had the lowest voice won the uh, won the job. Like it was getting ridiculous there for a while. In Philadelphia, we had Eagle 106. You're listening now to Eagle 106. It was like, you're so fucking low that nobody can even tell what the fuck you're saying. It just sounds like a, a low rumble in my car. Right. Yeah. People say to me all the time, they're like, what are you doing? I'm doing this podcast. They're like, you got a great radio voice. I'm like... Can I do a podcast then? I'm like, I'm not really sure what that means. <laughs> Is radio still a thing? I don't even know. A, I used to always get from my buddies, you have a few, oh, that's good. You have a face for radio. <laughs> face for radio. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I used to get that from my parents. <laughs> <laughs> Poor little fella. Yeah. Well, it's good to see you, buddy. Good to see you, man. Hey, real quick, before we get into the show, uh, we have a new spinoff show, On the Road with Casey. Uh, that's what we did last week. Uh, last week, we went inside the Ohio State Reformatory. I'm wearing the shirt uh, today. Make sure you check that out. Uh, make sure you check out our network, the Deluxe Edition Network. Uh, the podcast of the month this month is The Rant with Herman James. Check him out and uh, all the other great shows. Uh, we're adding shows all the time. And uh, Bill and I had a meeting today with uh, someone. We're not going to say anything about it yet, but big things are happening for this network. So jump on board and make sure you follow all of these shows. Big meeting. Big meeting. We were... Can't tell you, but we were talking with, mm, can't say, <laughs> but his name starts with, mm. <laughs> yeah, I know you're adding shows all the time because you're constantly like, hey, Bill, here's another show to add to the website. I'm like, Casey, I'm working. Damn it. <laughs> How many shows does the, does the network have now? Uh, I think we're up to about six or eight, something like that. That's pretty cool. All right. We're still the best one, everyone. Yeah. Just so you know. Hey, it is called the Deluxe Edition Network. <laughs> oh, is it because we're the best or I, I just assumed it was because you started it? Well, it's our network, so. Yeah, it's ours. That's right. Yeah. Ours. That's mine. Our. We're not phony. Mine. Mine. Mine is the best. Mine. <laughs> and we're not phony. <laughs> I like I, you said ours and I just... I'm going to slowly in time just like steal everything you have and just make it mine. <laughs> that shirt you're wearing one day. One day you're going to fit into my 2X shirt. <laughs> Once upon a time when I was drinking a lot of beer, I'm pretty sure I could fit into a, a, a 4X shirt and still be uh, still be hanging out of it. Jesus Christ. No, no, no. I was never that big, but yeah. How, how tall are you? We've talked about this in past episodes. Six two. What's a good weight for six two? I don't know what a good weight is. I'm too. I'm around hovering around two fifty. When you I, walk I, in, I, does the doctor go oof a doof? Like <laughs> you know, or they like, hey man, you're doing pretty good. 
You doing pretty good because I was getting the Ufa Tufa for a while. I was like, yo, yo, are you taking any of my advice? I'll, <laughs> like, I'll tell you, before we get into our show, I have a very important show here for us. Uh, I'll tell you a very quick Ufa Tufa story. Uh, I was once getting a massage from uh, a very small Asian woman. In Philadelphia, it was a couple's massage. And at the very end of the massage, the woman who gave me the massage barely spoke any English, but she smacked my chest as hard as she could. And she's, you monster, you monster. Wow. (laughs) What was it? Say it again. You monster. I have to use it for the intro. Thank you for giving me a clear sample that I can I can use it. I didn't talk over. When you got a couple's massage, what, what, what's that like? Is that two people doing the uh, the massage on you? Did you order a couple no. for both sides of your back? <laughs> no, it was uh, with an ex girlfriend. We're it's a couple couple's massage. Where you're both in the same room and she's getting yeah. a massage and you're getting a massage. I'm thinking it's like that steak for two for one deal. You're. Uh, Massage for two for one. Yeah. All right. Well, we're way off track. (laughs) (laughs) Watch the, make sure you follow us and uh, subscribe on YouTube so you can uh, get all these visuals here. That's right. We aren't just a podcast. We're also a YouTube show. Yep. And if you're watching on YouTube, we're not just a YouTube show. We're also a podcast. See how we do that. (laughs) All right, Bill. We've Casey. been breaking it down. The last few few episodes that we've done uh, have been bracket shows, right? right? We give we give the top sixteen, well, the deluxe edition top sixteen, whatever. This week, deluxe edition presents the best movie soundtracks of all time. What a title card! Wow, we, you did even use Photoshop. You used like a highlighter and a, and a ballpoint pen. How's that? That's a little better, huh? Oh, yeah, that graphic I made. Well, yeah. <laughs> better than crayon. Yeah, I think. I was just showing everyone the bracket that I made. Understood. Usually, usually the bracket that I do is just a hand-drawn bracket. This time, I printed it up. Yeah. We're stepping it up on the show. Yeah. All right. Should we run down the top 16? I'll run down the top 16, and then uh, we'll go through each one individually. Give you the list Sounds first. Like, yeah, let's All do right. it. So Judgment Night, number one, coming in at number one. Pulp Fiction, number two. Uh, number three, Dazed and Confused. Uh, number four, The Crow. Number five, Back to the Future. Number six, Footloose, number seven, Top Gun, number eight, Guardians of the Galaxy, number one, number nine, the movie Singles, number 10, That Thing You Do, number 11, Trick or Treat, number 12, Airheads, 13, Forrest Gump, 14, Purple Rain, 15, Dirty Dancing, and 16 is Empire Records. All right. I just got to say to anybody listening in the podcast uh, world, yes, he wrote each one of those names down on a different piece of paper. Yes, he did go through each one of those pieces of paper. Yes, three trees died for this segment. (laughs) 
when I got to around number four there, I realized I should have written each, I should have written the list down on one piece of paper before this. I have, uh, look, I didn't write anything down this time. I printed this stuff out. I'm prepared today. I'm prepared. Okay. We're growing. You're going to have to help me with this list because there's, there's a bunch of these movies that I was not familiar with. Uh, and don't and then, forget, at some point, I want to hear all the movies that only got picked once. Okay, well, you're going to have to find that list because I wasn't prepared to have that list. Okay? Right, I think I can. So, once again, we're giving away some prizes. The last bracket that we did, uh, no one won. Uh, this time, make sure you fill out the bracket. The link will be in the description. Fill out the bracket. Send me a screenshot in the comments of uh, our Facebook group, and you'll be able to uh, hopefully win this stuff. Once again, we still have the Elvira keychain that nobody won from uh, last time. We have the Darcy the Male Girl action figure from uh, The Last Drive-In with Joe Bob Briggs. And then uh, this this week, Bill, since we're uh, stepping it up and moving along, I figured uh, we'll throw in a deluxe edition T-shirt of your uh, choosing. So, yeah, so you can win that stuff. Uh, make sure you fill out the bracket. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all that stuff, and uh, make sure you vote. The voting will begin tomorrow morning, Tuesday, the uh, 12th. A deluxe right. edition shirt of your choosing. I didn't know we had more than one. I only own one. Well, I meant of your choosing of size. <laughs> <laughs> I will order it for you and mail it to you. <laughs> <laughs> got it, got it. All right. So uh, let's see. Number one here, Bill, Judgment Night. Are you familiar with Judgment Night, the movie? Yeah, that's funny that that was on there, and I hadn't even thought about it. Judgment Night. I'm familiar with the movie. I'm even more familiar with this album, because this is, like, one of the first albums that had, like, metal and rap. Yeah. That was, like, not a thing before. And then this movie came out, and this soundtrack came out. I remember it was, like, Faith No More and Sir Mix-A-Lot. Um, like, it was, like, Onyx and, you know, somebody else heavy metal. Uh, oh my God! It's gonna. Be I can run down. I have the list here. I can run down the uh, there. So it was Helmet and House of Pain, Teenage Fan Club and De La Soul, uh, Living Color and Run DMC, Biohazard and Onyx. Uh, we had Faith No More and Booyah, Booyah mm -hmm. Tribe. I think it says uh, Sonic Youth and Cypress Hill, Mud Honey and Sir Mixalot, Dinosaur Junior and Del the Funky Homo Sapien. Therapy and Fatal, and then we had Pearl Jam and Cypress Hill. So Pearl Jam and Cypress Hill? I don't. That's yeah, the, did, I don't remember yeah. that. They did a song called "Real Thing," and uh, yeah, this is this is the first time that it was a collaboration between hip hop artists and rock artists, and it actually peaked at number seventeen on the Billboard charts. That was a good album, really good. I'm actually now that you brought that up, absolutely. Absolutely going to go back and listen to it. I hope it's got to be on Spotify. Pretty much everything is on Spotify now. But I'm yeah. telling you, that was that was always my. I even know like the friends I was hanging out with, so I know that it came out in like 1992 or 93. Yeah, yeah it came out on September September 14th, 1993. Entertainment Weekly once said, "We cannot vouch for this film, but the album is a must." Yeah, yeah. The only thing I remember about the movie was like. 
Emilio Estevez running around in a dark place, kind of being sneaky. And it's like, we're going to make Emilio Estevez an action hero. No, you're not. Good try. But you made some good music. We saw a boy get murdered tonight. And if they catch us, they're going to kill us too. A nonstop trip that leaves you breathless. I got a wife and a little girl, and I will get back to them tonight. I had never even heard of this movie before uh, we put it out, put the the list out for, uh, you know, people to give their opinion on the best soundtracks. I had never heard of this movie. That's why when you read it, I was like, whoa, Judgment Night. Like, it took me a minute to go, what the fuck is Judgment Night? Oh, yeah. All right. All right. So, uh, number two, Pulp Fiction. Uh, we've talked about Pulp Fiction in, uh, numerous amounts of time on this uh, podcast. This uh, soundtrack actually reached number 21 on the Billboard uh, charts. Uh, Tarantino used an eclectic assortment of songs by various artists. Uh, notable songs include Dick Dale's now iconic rendition of Misera Lou, which is played can during you sing the it? opening. Come on, you can do it. Sing, sing it. That's it's like that song you hear that now, whenever you hear that, you're like, oh, Pulp Fiction. Meanwhile, yeah. like that was a, a song that was out before Pulp Fiction. There's a lot of songs that, that people go, that's a Pulp Fiction song. No, that was a Bob Dylan song before it was a Pulp Fiction song. Right. That's how big that album got. Sorry to cut you off. No, all good. Yeah, it uh, it actually helped launch the band uh, Overkill, which covered Neil Diamond's Girl, You'll Be a Woman Soon. Wait a minute. I got to stop you. What was the band called? It wasn't Overkill. Overkill urge was like an uh, urge, urge overkill, yeah. Yeah, Overkill was like a uh, 80s, like, Swedish hair metal or, or thrash metal, <laughs> yeah, type of thing. So I was like, I know Overkill wasn't on there. Uh, so, yeah, it, I think it reinvented, uh, revitalized. Is that the word that I'm looking for? Like the No, I'm going to make you go back to the first one you wanted to try. Reinvig. Reinvigorated. We did it. <laughs> You were so good Earth there too, because you're like you were like it reinvig it, re- it revitalized. I was like, no, 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 no. I'm not gonna let you walk away from that word. <laughs> I'm gonna be a dick today. <laughs> it reinvigorated uh, surf rock, like that was that that was pretty much a forgotten genre before Quentin added some of these songs into uh, Pulp Fiction. Yeah, the Dick Dale style fast guitar picking. Mm-hmm. That I just did the perfect rendition of. Yeah, that. I'm, yeah, these these are all great. I mean, so far, I don't know the first one, but Pulp Fiction. I remember that. The, I remember the soundtrack to that. I remember how good the music was for that. Can you describe the difference? So the difference between a soundtrack. People were asking. Uh, it, are we going for score or soundtrack? Oh, every so, time I hear soundtrack, I think about like the songs written for the movie. Right. The score, I think, is something different. Like they do put the scores out, but they don't usually call them the soundtrack. Right. Yeah. Like you can get the 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 uh, Star Wars score. You know, I don't know that they call it the Star Wars soundtrack. It's a good right. question, but that's how I've always sort of seen it. So we just fucked up the whole game because we didn't we weren't clear. Uh, no, we were clear. I was clear. I said soundtrack on the on the group. Because I'm trying to think of the Back to the Future soundtrack, which I know has a couple of Huey Lewis songs, but I'm pretty sure it's got like 
movie songs. Yeah, so that's that's an interesting soundtrack because it wasn't common to have movie scores on the soundtrack, but somebody still picked that as their favorite. Actually, several because it made the list. Yeah, yeah. There's some. There's there's a few on here like that that uh, we're gonna get into, which actually is like a mixture. They maybe they just didn't have enough songs to put out onto the soundtrack that they had to they had to add the score to make it worthwhile to put out yeah maybe I, that's my opinion i i don't not i don't know that for a fact or not put it in uh, wikipedia it's true enough yeah number three dazed and confused this was released in 1993 by the medicine label uh mostly consists of hit songs mostly from that era Songs like Hurricane by Bob Dylan, Hey Baby by Ted Nugent, Sweet Emotion by Aerosmith. It had just about every genre on it. And I think, yeah, they actually came out with a second album then eventually a year later. It was called Even More Dazed and Confused. Really? Was Forrest Gump soundtrack on there? Because I know they did that too. Everybody loved the Forrest Gump soundtrack and they came out with a second Forrest Gump soundtrack with... Songs they forgot to put on the first one. So Days yep. and Confused did that too? Yep. Got it. Yeah, Forrest Gump is on our list. Yeah, Days and Confused did that. Uh, some of the songs, Tush by ZZ Top, School's Out, Alice Cooper, Low Rider, Rock and Roll All Night by Kiss, Paranoid by Black Sabbath. Yeah, great. Another great album. Like these these period piece movies like that, when they when they have the songs from that era – in the movie. I love that. I love that shit. I like when you watch a period piece and it's only modern songs. Of course, they're going to have songs from that era of the movie. (laughs) You love that. (laughs) That's how they define the era in the movie. (laughs) I'm a little froggy today. I don't know why. (laughs) I'm sorry. Number four, the crow. I wasn't familiar. I don't know if I've ever seen this movie, the crow. The album featured a lot of covers, including Nine Inch Nails covered of uh, cover of Joy Division's Dead Soul, Pantera covered Poison Ideas, The Badge, uh, the Rollins Band covered Suicide's Ghost Rider, which is a, about a Marvel comics character. Are you familiar with this one, Bill? Yeah, are you uh, the the Ghost Rider or the album? You looked puzzled the- about Ghost Rider. Were you unfamiliar of the? Character Ghost Rider? No, I'm familiar with that, but why would... Why would they write a song about Ghost Rider? Why would there be a song about Ghost Rider in The Crow? It's kind of like a loose, like, you know, was was Iron Man by Black Sabbath really about Tony Stark flying around and helping the Avengers? Not really. It was kind of like, here's a character name, let's throw it in. It's happened. Like, even... um, uh, Paul McCartney and Wings had a a song about one of, like, Iron Man's villains. Like, but it wasn't really about... uh, What's the name of that guy? Crimson Dynamo. Yeah, I don't know. That's a weird thing. But yeah, I do remember the album. Um, I'm shocked you haven't seen the movie. That was a big deal when that came out. Yeah, I know. But there was Rage Against Machine. Yeah, this is is one of the albums that came out as like the sound of everything on the radio was changing. Right? So when it came out, it was like, yeah, this is all the stuff that's kind of making it right now on the album. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm saying this wrong. This is the kind of stuff that, that's really making it right now on the radio. And then here's a collection of all these killer bands. It's like getting a free song from every one of the bands that you're getting into on the radio. So it automatically sells a ton of copies. 
because everybody wanted to see what their favorite band was now doing on the side. That, that's how we kind of thought of those things. Is, gotcha. is the Wayne's World album on there? Like, I remember there was a Chili Peppers song on a Wayne's World. Like, I had to go find that Wayne's World album because I was a big Chili Peppers fan. So, you know, some of these things make tons of money just because of the 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 love that people have for the bands that are on these soundtracks. Yeah, this actually peaked at the top of the this was actually number one of the Billboard charts and sold 3.8 million copies and has been certified three times platinum. Yeah, I haven't heard it since the 90s, but maybe I'll go back and listen to that too, see if it holds up. Sure. All right. Now here we're getting into uh, what you were talking about earlier. Number five, Back to the Future. Back to the Future, music from the motion picture soundtrack is the the album uh, to the film of the same name. It was released July 8th, 1985. It does include two tracks from American composer Alan Silverstreet's score from the film. Uh, Also, two pop tracks from the band Huey Lewis and the News, two songs played by the fictional Marvin Berry and the Starlighters, one played by the fictional fictional Marty McFly and the Starlighters, and then uh, two pop songs that are very briefly heard in the background. Yeah, I remember this now. I had this. I mean, it must have been crazy. Like, you know, I'm listening to the Huey Lewis song, and then all of a sudden I'm listening to a movie score, and I'm driving and trying to look cool. And then, and then right after that, you know. Earth Angel, Earth Angel. It's like, wow, your your musical taste is eclectic. Dude. You're all over the place. Huey Lewis and Earth Angel by whoever. Maybe look really cool and classy. And I said, no, I'm just a real fucking nerd who owns the Back to the Future soundtrack. But it was a good soundtrack. Yeah, who actually played? It was played by those fictional. Was was um, Michael J. Fox actually? Did he actually Playing? perform it? No, no, he he air guitar, right? He was playing along, trying to pretend to be uh, the actual guitarist on there. No, he can't play guitar. He faked it. Okay. Oh, that's a great part, the, though. When, when the, the guy band? comes around, uh, I don't even, they were probably actors. You know, it was just, it's one of those things, I think, where they just filmed it, recorded it, then just hired a bunch of actors to go up and pretend to play it. Because it didn't look like it was, you know, <laughs> it looked like actors playing in a band. It didn't look like an actual band. That scene when the guy goes, he comes running out, he calls the, the dude on the phone, he goes, hey, hey, Chuck, Chuck, it's me, Marvin Barry, your cousin, listen to this. I mean, <laughs> then it's like, you know, this guy jamming along, playing a, a Johnny B. Good, just inspired Chuck Berry to write Johnny B. Good. It's such a clever, funny movie. <laughs> such a great movie. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Uh, Huey, Huey Lewis actually portrays the high school band audition judge who rejects, who rejects Marty, the pinheads, their band, as they perform the short instrumental hard rock version of the power of love. Yeah. Just too loud, boys. It's just too loud. I'm afraid you're just too darn loud. All right. Number six, Footloose. This is a great yeah. soundtrack, right? This one's uh, big. Footloose by Kenny Loggins. Someone, someone in the group wrote for the the movie soundtrack thing. Uh, anything by Kenny Loggins. Anything with Kenny Loggins. Wow, Kenny's got like one fan out there that is just like <laughs> I can't get enough Kenny Loggins. I hope, <laughs> I hope our listener and Kenny have met and talked because he should be aware of you. Anything by Kenny Loggins, huh? 
Somebody really yeah. loves Kenny Loggins that much. The yeah. soundtrack. Well, who was on? I'm trying to remember the soundtrack because I. So we got didn't have it. We have Footloose by Kenny Loggins. Uh, Let's hear it for the boy by Denise Williams. Then we have Almost Paradise, which is just the love theme from uh, Footloose. Holding Out for a Hero by Bonnie Tyler. Dancing in the Streets. No, Dancing in the Sheets by Shalimar. Uh, I'm Free from Kenny Loggins. Somebody's Eyes, Carla Bonoff. The Girl Gets Around by Sammy Hagar. And Never uh, just says Moving Pictures. Is that a band, Moving Pictures? Yeah. Okay. Uh, and then they added four songs for the 1998 15th anniversary uh, collector's edition. Bang Your Head by Quiet Riot. Hurts So Good by the the Coog. Waiting for a Girl Like You by Foreigner. And Dancing in the Sheets, uh, the extended 12-inch remix mm. by Shalimar. Shalimar. I've never heard of Shalimar. <laughs> Me neither. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I hope you're having a wonderful night out there in Philadelphia. Please stay tuned. We're going to be listening to some Kenny Loggins. Following Kenny Loggins, we're going to get Shalimar. Coming up after the uh, this commercial break. Yeah, I do have a voice for radio. There's no way Kenny Loggins was opening for Shalimar. Shalimar. Who's Shalimar? Yeah, I remember, now that you read those names, I was, I was remembering them. Um, I always had a knack of never getting the side two on a lot of these soundtracks for some reason, because they were cassette tapes I grew up with. And I would just like listen to like one side over and over. And the second side of the soundtrack or any album for me was usually the songs I don't remember. So Sammy Hagar being on that soundtrack, I have no memory of Sammy Hagar being on that soundtrack. Yeah. But the others. Yeah. Yeah. I remember, I, I remember dancing in the sheets. I'm like, I know what that is. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this was a soundtrack that like my mom would play in the car, and I was like, I like these songs. Let me have it. I'm gonna borrow it. I go listen. Go. They're talking about that thing you do in the sheets. How old were you? This came out in 1984. Yeah, so I was. You were still nine. talking like that at nine? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I was a late bloomer. <laughs> I like these songs. Oh, when puberty finally hit in 2016, <laughs> life was so much better. I know what the, I know what Shalimar's talking about. Back then, I used to say Shalimar. Now I say Shalimar. <laughs> All right, moving along. Number seven, Top Gun soundtrack, uh, released in 1986 by Columbia Records. Uh, once again, featuring a song by Kenny Loggins. Danger Zone. Uh, Cheap Trick is on the album. Another song by Kenny Loggins, Playing With The Boys. Uh, Lead Me On, Take My Breath Away, Hot Summer Nights, Heaven In Your Eyes by Loverboy, Through The Fire, Destination Unknown, and the Top Gun Anthem. So this is a lot of just the... They they must not have had a ton of songs in this uh, because then in the 1999 special edition, then they added... uh, five more songs uh sitting on the dock of the bay by otis redding memories great balls of fire you've lost that loving feeling and playing with the boys oh playing with the boys made it twice yeah you know the third volume that they put out is just jet sounds and and a remix of play with the boys <laughs> the the 1999 special edition bonus tracks the playing in the boys was 
the dance remix. Oh, okay. Yeah. I don't remember dancing to playing with the boys. Oh, and apparently yeah, big- there's a there's a 2006 deluxe edition that they also added uh, five more songs to. Can't fight this feeling. Broken wings. The final countdown. Nothing's gonna stop us. And the power of love. So they just keep trying to make money by adding more music to this soundtrack somehow. All of those songs are on different soundtracks. I don't know how they did that. Yeah, I have no clue. I mean, The Power of Love was just on the uh, Back to the Future soundtrack. You can't take the song, you can't take Power of Love from Back to the Future and then just go reuse it on the fucking Top Gun. That makes no sense. Why not? It's a completely I, different music. They're not, it's, <sighs> they're not allowed to listen to the same music in the Back to the Future world as they are in the Top Gun world. Like they listen to, the, like people listen to the same music. It's they not do. like they're in another fucking world. Uh, I don't know. It's not right. Sorry, I blew I up. I just realized my voice, I sound a lot like, uh, my, uh, I can't do this. I, we're talking about Back to the Future. Jesus Christ, Doc, you disintegrated Einstein. Like, now I know why I sound so fucking whiny. I, I my, my heroes are Marty McFly and, and Luke Skywalker. <laughs> <laughs> so, one more thing about the Top Gun. The Cars song, Stranger Eyes. Uh, was featured in an early teaser trailer for the film, but it was never in the movie. It was it was cut from the movie. Yeah, little no, uh, they, piece of trivia there. <laughs> they bought the rights, and they're like, "We don't know where the fuck to put it in." No, we used it in the trailer. That's good enough. Throw it on the soundtrack, <laughs> right? All right, number eight, Bill. We got eight more of these to go. Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, featuring the songs present on Peter Quill's mixtape in the film. The album was released by Hollywood Records uh, July 29th, 2014, and then a separate film score album composed by Tyler Bates was also released on the same date, uh, with which was just the score, you know, the music. Uh, so this featured songs by uh, Blue Swede, The Raspberries, Norman Greenbaum, David Bowie. Did I say something wrong? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm what? Mm-hmm. Blue Swede? Blue Swede. Yeah, Blue Swede. It's spelled S-W-E-D-E. Who wrote that? That's not how I spell Swede. No, that's not how you spell this band's name either. Well, Wikipedia lied to me then. <laughs> oh, shit. Let me go see. <laughs> Uh, also <laughs> featured songs by Elvin Bishop, uh, Redbone. Uh, I love that song. That song by Redbone, Come and Get Your Love. Uh, also featured uh, Marvin Gaye, The Five Stair Steps. Uh, this also reached the number one spot of the Billboard charts. It's only this. It's the second best-selling soundtrack of all time. Wow! Really. Yep. I mean, it's really just a collection. It's like a greatest hits of, of classic rock. I, I, yeah. I wouldn't think that was a greatest, one of the greatest. Anyway, you're right. Yeah. Blue Suede. I've always called him Blue Suede, but S-W-E-D. Blue Suede or Blue Swede. We're a Swedish rock band. Maybe, I, you know what? Is Swede an okay thing to say? <laughs> Is that on the offensive word list now and I don't know it? Uh, yeah, but I always thought they were Dude. pronounced Blue Suede. I don't know. There's no way. If they're from Sweden... 
There's no way that they're called blue suede. Man, I don't know. Blue Swede? I mean, that that's like me naming my band Blue American. Doing. Right? Like, it's a terrible name. Well, there is a band called America. They're the ones that did the Ooga Chaka, Ooga Chaka. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, oh. I mean, that helped sell that movie when, when um, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy came out. It's like, wow, Marvel's doing well, and, and they've got these characters, and everything's grounded on Earth. How are they going to do anything you know, in space? This could be a cosmic bust for Marvel. And then the trailer came out and it was, it was a James Gunn movie. You know, I've loved James Gunn forever, even when he was a trauma. So, you know, the trailer comes out. It's that intro scene of, of James, of James Quill, Peter Quill. And it's the song. And it's like, this just fits. And it gave the movie such a different curiosity. And then we went and saw it and the whole movie was just magnificent. It's like everything worked. So James Gunn is one of them dudes that think about movies and music together. So when the the album comes out, it's like these are the the, the tones of the entire you know movie on the soundtrack. He did the same thing with um, well, he actually didn't release the Peacemaker album. I don't think there is one. He put a playlist up on on Spotify. So maybe that's the new thing. Maybe they're going to start doing playlists as soundtracks. But yeah, I like go listen to the the playlist that that James Gunn put together for. Um, Peacemaker, and it's just, you know, great music. He's such a good uh, curator of music, just like Quentin Tarantino, because he picked all those songs, too, as far as I understand. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was uh, in, in my notes here for for the Pulp Fiction thing. It was Quentin and his friends just basically put that album together. I think that's killer. I mean, yeah. if you're going to direct a, a movie from A to Z, you got to think about the song selections. So it's almost like these directors are little DJs. They get to pick, you know, their their yeah. radio program managers. They get to pick the music for the the movie. Yeah, as long as they can yeah. afford to uh, pay get for it rights. to be in the movie. <laughs> yeah, right. All right. Now this is another. This is one that I had never heard of uh, here. Number Bill number nine singles. Do you know about this one? Sure. Yeah. This is, we always talk about that area where you went from childhood to teen to adult. It was just like a couple years past me. That was one of those, um, high school, like the, the tone had changed from hair metal to grunge. This is the first movie and soundtrack to capitalize on that. Yeah. That's what it says. It's, uh, yeah. focused on the Seattle grunge scene of the early nineties. Alice in Chains, Eddie Vedder, Chris Cornell. Soundgarden. They they even threw Jimi Hendrix in there. The Smashing Pumpkins looks like a great looks like a great soundtrack. Yeah, I've never heard. Of, I've never even heard of this movie. Really, it was big. Yeah, yeah, it was big in my generation. It's funny how things can be huge and then just disappear. Like I feel like I say that to people all the time. Oh no, no, that was huge when I was out. And they look at me like it was. Well, then how come I don't remember it? Or I don't. I you know. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, singles was a big deal. Yeah, I say that to uh, my nephew Andy. He's fourteen, and I'll say uh, movies that I love, like uh, for instance, plane, planes, trains, and automobiles. Like he's never even heard of it, and it's like, yeah. what? Dude, dude, you're missing out. <laughs> we were we were talking about names for offices at at work, and uh, right away I'm like, let's name let's name an office Thunderdome. I'm like, it's the greatest name, Thunderdome. 
And everyone was just like, what the fuck is Thunderdome? What is, what's wrong with this guy? Like, I was like, oh my God, if you, if you grew up with me, you would have thought that was the best name. Can we just go with it? Just trust me. Nah. I lost. They didn't like Thunderdome? Mm-mm. Poor, That's poor right. I'm going to name my bathroom Thunderdome. That sounds like a good name for a bathroom. Welcome to the Thunderdome. <laughs> All right, number 10, Bill. This is one that I remember uh, as a kid growing up. That Thing You Do. Do you remember that movie with Tom Hanks where he was the he was like the booker of the – he like discovered that band, right? Yeah. Yeah, it was a good movie. It was nice. Yeah, this was, uh, this was another one where they – it was like the fictional band that played the songs, that came up with the songs. And it, reading about it, it was actually uh, songs written – Original music written by Tom Hanks, Adam Schlesinger, Rick Elias, Scott Rogness, Mike Piccarillo, Gary Getzman, and Howard Shore. And uh, it's the band called The Wonders. And they rise to a brief stardom on the strength of, strength of their, their song, That Thing You Do. The one name you mentioned there, um, he was from that band Fountain of Wayne. Remember that band? No. Stacy's mom, she got it going on. Okay, that guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I know he was, uh, he, he, I guess he left doing rock music and started doing some kind of movie stuff. And I know he's actually responsible for that, that the, the big number from that movie, which if okay. I sing it, you know, it'll be perfect pitch, obviously. I know. We, I'm real good. Yeah, I know. We always talk about how good I am. We've gone but, over this before. We cannot play mm-hmm. any music on the songs uh, on the podcast or. Uh, Bill cannot sing them because mm-hmm. it, it's that Too perfect. close to the original that we'll get we'll get a strike against us and they might pull mm-hmm. this video down. So that's right. I, I it, it's a sin. I mean, I can't sing anywhere. It's so dead on, I get fined. I was in the shower and somebody came in and slipped me a a fine. It's like that on a piece of paper, see- like the old days. <laughs> Didn't you ever see that James Brown documentary? If anyone ever made a mistake in his band, he flash him. Do you ever see that? No, but I know he would find his his band members if they fucked up. Dude, if they was that him up, finding them? Flash him every time I do this. You're that's five dollars. Oh, that's funny, <laughs> man. Yeah, I mean, that's it's crazy about how they would go after some people for like use of music. Just a, a quick aside. I worked for a guy. He had a music store. He had a music store in Ambler, Pennsylvania, and he would play music. You know, you go in, you listen to music. And one day um, I, he was a little off his rocker. The guy was fucking pretty hardcore. So one day th- this guy comes in and he says he's from ASCAP or whatever it is that, that you know, looks for these things. And they're like, you're playing music. Um this is for commercial purposes. Therefore, you owe the artist and the label some, you know, money for using this to promote your sales. He fucking lost his lid. I thought he was going to punch the guy in the face. But literally, a guy walked into his music store and was like, pay up. And he was legit. He was 100% how you, legit. How do you know it was legit? I, I, I heard it go down. The guy wasn't, you know, he wasn't a scammer. Like, you could tell that this guy is just sick and tired of this having to do this job. But his job was to go in and try to squeeze a couple bucks out of people who were using it illegally or using That's songs crazy. illegally. So that makes me wonder. I don't know the rules with cover bands. You know, we met each other doing music. So when a band goes and does a cover, I think we're they're supposed to pay the ASCAP. But I don't think anybody does. 
I wouldn't even know where to send the check. Right. Yeah. I don't know. There may be some truth in what I said. Maybe total bullshit. Let's put it on Wikipedia. There's a, you just remember to put the picture. How, how many of the, uh, the pictures have you missed so far? This is my so favorite funny. part of doing these. Yeah. Have you? <laughs> Uh, so one last thing about that thing you do for the purpose of being able to convincingly play the wonders, the band, uh, each one of the actors took several weeks of lessons as a group. So kind of like the monkeys, you know? Yeah. 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 The monkeys though, actually then did form a band. They, they were then on tour, right? As a band. Yeah, I think Peter Tork and Michael Nesmith were actually like, we want to be songwriters and, and maybe Mickey Dolan's too. I don't know. I, th- I yeah. think Davey wasn't really much of one. He was just cute. So they're like, all right, these are our four monkeys. And then I think these guys are like, hey, we're more than just these dopey actors you hired for this skit show. Like, we actually can play these songs. We can write these songs. So I think that's how they got more involved in producing the songs. But I think their first season was just like, hey – Young men, this is what you're going to play and you're going to sing this shit. I don't know. We should do a show on the monkeys. Sure. Absolutely. So the Wonders bassist, another uh, quick thing on that thing you do. The Wonders bassist played by Ethan Embry uh, is unnamed in the film. And in in the credits of the film, it just says the bass player. That's about right. He didn't have a name. Yeah, I don't think I've ever played in a band with a bass player at a name, so they're they're not really. I'm not even sure they exist. They're usually the bass just comes out of that corner. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, number eleven. This is another one I was un- unfamiliar with. Trick or treat. Uh, Trick or treat is the fourth album by the heavy metal band Fastway, and it was also the soundtrack for the heavy metal horror film Trick or Treat. It was released a month after the film, and it was the final Fastway album to feature Dave King on vocals. All songs were written by Fastway. Yeah, this is a great 80s album. Oh, you remembered the picture. Yeah. Have you seen this movie? No. Watch this on your next flight. Watch this tonight. It is amazing. It's like it's the perfect 80s movie. Right. The kid is this like nerdy kind of kid. I think he's the guy that played uh, Skippy from Family Ties. Right. Okay. So he's kind of got like the long hair mullet like he was me, like the nerd who wanted to fit in and, and be cool. But he's just like this fucking loser kid. And and there's a demon in his heavy metal music. <laughs> right? So like eventually the demon. I'm just not going to say anymore. Like enough. I've already said enough. It's a fantastic movie. Nothing else has ever, you know, you've never seen a demon come out of a heavy metal record before. All right. Okay. Like, I have a feeling that this is what started everything in the 80s, like, you know, heavy metal. And, and uh, I shouldn't say that. I can't remember that being I'm pretty sure Kiss in the 70s started the idea that heavy metal and, and Satan were a thing. But no, it's a great it's a great movie. It's a great movie. And the soundtrack is really fucking good. <laughs> OK. All and right. it's just it. Yeah. I mean, it's really not a soundtrack. It's this band Fastways. It's it's their album. They're the only ones on it. It's song after song. It's just Fastway. And and do the songs go along with the storyline? No, they're just songs. No. You know, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I loved her so easy, ah! easy. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Oh. Gonna... That was dead on. That was after midnight by Fastway. Did I sing too well, much of it? To <laughs> hopefully you'll be able to see this uh, before it gets pulled from YouTube. Yeah. Damn it, man! I did it again. 
Um, one album I remember it was uh, by Willie Nelson. It was called The Redheaded Stranger. Have you ever heard of this? No, I like so, Willie. I don't know that one. So I don't know which one was first, but there's the album Redheaded Stranger, and then there's a movie called The Redheaded Stranger with Morgan Fairchild, Willie Nelson, and like the movie or the soundtrack as you play it, it it is basically the movie, like the story of the movie. Do you know what I mean? That's cool. Yeah, you yeah, never really heard of that. Cool. Yeah, it's really hmm. cool. Yeah, check that one out if you can find it. It's called Redheaded Stranger. Willie, uh, I don't want. I don't want to give it away. It's a fucking awesome movie, dude. Awesome movie. Willie does not play a, a a character that you would think Willie Nelson would play. Oh, really? I like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. All right, number twelve in our list. Uh, this is one that that was big when I was a kid. The movie Airheads. Remember this one? Yeah. yeah. So uh, the the film features an ori- original song by White Zombie, uh, which went on to uh, the Billboard charts. It peaked at one fifty seven. Soundtrack. It just uh, it's basically just a bunch of songs from that era, uh, featuring Lemmy, Eddie Van Halen, White Zombie, Primus is on it, Candlebox, Stick, Joey Ramone, the Ramones. One quick tidbit about Airheads, the KPPX radio station that they filmed at, or that was at, it was uh, located at the Fox Plaza in Los Angeles, which served as Nakatomi Plaza in the film Die Hard. Oh, really? That's funny. I love when they have to use the same sets. (laughs) (laughs) I remember watching something. I'll have to try to remember what it was. I'm like... Boy, that looks an awful lot like the clock tower from Back to the Future. And then <laughs> turns out it was the clock tower. <laughs> yeah, this was a big album. I'm looking at the playlist. Yeah, this is this is one of those albums that came out right in between. Thank you again for popping up the, the album cover. Yeah, you, you know, every time you do that, I think I look over and I go, oh, did I just lose Casey? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, what's on here? So Ice T, Motorhead, right? White Zombie, and then all of a sudden it's like you get Primus, right? Because Primus, yeah. when Primus came out, nobody knew how the, how they could fit in. They were on the Bill and Ted soundtrack with Tommy the Cat, and then you get like Slaughter, you know? So it's like they well, they don't belong together. So this is one of them kind of albums like that. John Melendez is stuttering John from the Howard Stern show. Yeah, I saw that on there. What does he and, What does he do on there? He had an album out. He actually was signed and he had an album. They put out a video and it went nowhere. You know, he's a stutterer, stuttering John. His song was yeah. called, I'm going to talk my way out of it. <laughs> so <laughs> stupid. So that was the, the, the rise and fall of the stuttering John band. <laughs> this was, you know, who wasn't huge when this movie came out? Adam Sandler. Like he was just starting. This might've even been his first or second movie. Like I'm pretty sure. He didn't explode yet. That's right. He, yeah. If, if this isn't one of his first movies, it, it's still when he wasn't really that known for movies. I forgot he was even in this. Yeah. Is he on the cover? He, yeah. He's like the third guy. He kind of doesn't yeah, say oh much. Yeah, there he is. And that's Steve Buscemi on the right. Oh, my up. God. You're right. And that's Brendan, Brendan Fraser in the middle looking skinny. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. They look great. Great movie. It was funny. I love that movie. Yeah, that was a good one. I'm going to have to go back and watch that, too. Yeah. 
I, re- I remember watching that a lot when it was because it was constantly on. Yeah, it was. That's right. All right, moving along, we got three more. Forrest Gump. We we mentioned this earlier. Uh, basically, just a period piece from that that time, the seventies. Uh, Elvis Presley, Dwayne Eady. Uh, no, I'm sorry. It's not the seventies. It's throughout his Forrest's life. It's, it's more of just the one, one time. It's a lot of different songs, uh, from different eras. Uh, we got Bob Dylan on there, Aretha Franklin, uh, the four tops, Joan Baez, Wilson Pickett, the rooftop singers. This was a huge album. I remember I had this and it's 20, I forget how many songs. I don't have the, the number of songs on here, but it's it's two large discs. Yeah, I remember people really wanted to get it. I didn't, I used to listen to, um, there was a, a classic rock station in Philly, so a lot of it was classic rock. So I was like, I don't see the, you know, when we get this, I listen to these songs all the time on the radio. But I guess there was a nostalgic factor. Like people were like, man, I love these songs. I haven't heard these in a while. I got to have that record. So I didn't buy it, but right. I can see why, you know, a lot of people did. Yeah, I had this. I remember uh, I had this. And just a quick thing, uh, the soundtrack jumped from number 34 to number seven on the Billboard charts on July 30th, 1994. The next week uh, on August 6th, it moved from number seven to number three. And then it stayed there for one week and it reached its peak position of number two on the chart August 13th. And it stayed there for seven weeks until September 17th, and then it was displaced by the soundtrack The Lion King. Uh, dropped from the charts October 15th, 1994. Yeah. That's one of those movies that I think you could say to somebody now who's 20 years younger and say, have you seen Forrest Gump? They might say, oh, maybe I've heard of it. And it was huge. It was the biggest thing. They're going to say, yeah. bullshit. Like, they, they won't believe you. <laughs> yeah. Because people just don't remember. Only we, it dies with us, Casey. I remember I read this book, the Forrest Gump book, and then there was actually a a sequel, another book that I read, which with with his son that moved forward. And I was I've I'm still waiting for that. I thought that I I've always thought that they were going to make another one. Hmm. I didn't know it hasn't ever happened. Yeah, I don't think they should go back to that. Well, some movies I think you just leave alone. Like there was a sequel, there was a book to E.T. I remember I got it for Christmas one year and I read it and I was like, I don't want them to make this movie. Like, I'm afraid that if they make this movie, it'll kind of tarnish the first one for me. Yeah. Forrest Gump was one of those characters, though, that like you cared about. You, you don't want to see what happened to Forrest in the future. What happened to no. Little Forrest? It's a perfect yeah. story. Little little forests usually grow in a bigger forest and it get burned down. So I just want to remember the the story the way it was told to me. And you don't have to touch it up anymore. It's a good self-contained movie. All right. All right. I'm still hey, waiting I gotta, for the second one. I got I to gotta just totally make a left turn because I don't know how this popped into my head. But have you watched the last Saturday Night Live with um, the, the song that uh, – the kid put out who's on that. He's like the kid who's like super famous right now. And he's dating Kim Kardashian. What's that guy's name? Pete Davidson. Uh, Pete Davidson. Yeah. You have to go find the video that he put out on that show. Cause it's about bringing back the 90 minute movie. Trust oh. me. This dude must've heard our podcast and said, yeah, I got to make a skit. 
Oh, it is was Pete so Davidson damn funny. A, is Pete Davidson a listener of Deluxe Edition? Hey, what's up, Pete? Thanks for listening. <laughs> we know you. We know you stole Casey's idea. Goddamn right. All right, Bill. Moving on. Number fourteen. We got uh, two more here. Purple Rain. This is one you're going to have to help me with. I don't. I've never seen this. I always just thought it was a. I I thought Purple Rain was a Prince album. Am I wrong on that? No, it it is. I mean, it's yeah. It's kind of like the uh, Prince must have been really inspired by Trick or Treat the movie. And he, <laughs> yeah, I'm sure Prince saw Trick or Treat. So yeah, it's it's really like the soundtrack for the movie. But yeah, it's as much a soundtrack as it is a Prince album. Well, tell me about the movie. What is it? A, it is a movie then. Purple Rain is yeah. a movie. Yeah, it's an '80s movie. It's an '80s movie starring Prince. And Apollonia, I think. And I didn't see it because it was like a lusty movie. And I liked superheroes and I liked Pee Wee Herman and I liked, you know, Fraggle Rock. So it was too over my head. I was just not into that kind of thing. So I never actually saw the movie. But the album, you know, it came out and it was like, oh, it blew everybody away. That song, Purple Rain, When Doves Cry, Let's Go Crazy. That was, you know, there was a couple years of you couldn't get away from those songs. It was a huge, huge album. And he plays guitar. He's always played guitar, Prince, on his albums. He's a little bit like a Frank Zappa. He's kind of a a musical genius. He can layer all his uh, own – he can create his own music in the studio. He can do a lot of things. And all of a sudden on Purple Rain, he's shredding with guitar solos. And people are like, these are sick. The fucker really can play guitar. So there's some – you know, when you hear that guitar solo in Purple Rain, it's one of the greatest guitar solos. And it's Prince. Yeah, that guy's super talented. We talked about this on our censorship episode. This is the album. This is why Frank Zappa went to bat for uh, when he when Frank went to Congress and spoke in front yeah. of Congress. It was a lot. It was from a song from this album. It was uh, "Darling Nikki," right. It raised complaints from Tipper Gore and the Parents Music Resource Center and contributed to the implementation of the parental advisory stickers and imprints on album covers. Okay. I, I knew it was a Prince song. I didn't think it was one from this album, but. Yeah. Yeah. All right. And uh, so this album spent 24 consecutive weeks atop the Billboard 200 and was present on the chart for a total of 122 weeks. And it was his first album to reach the charts. Mm. That's a shame because you can go back and listen to the first Prince albums before that. And every one of them is great. But yeah, you can't deny that. That was a huge moment in the 80s. I mean, that's what, yeah, that's what blew Prince up. Once he, that came out, he never lost his star. Like he's one of them guys that people, even when he when he died, everyone was like, "We love Prince, we love Prince." I'm like, there's a whole like set of decades where not a single song has been put on the radio, and I didn't like any of those songs. And I'm like, what happened to Prince? But like his star never dulls. Now that he's gone, like people love him more. Yeah, but you know, it, when you have that much success, when you have that many monster hits. You could have a couple of years. You could have a couple of decades off, and people will still think you're amazing, right? Yeah, it's crazy. Think about the Grateful Dead, dude. Just for instance, the Grateful Dead. They haven't put out any new music as a band since Jerry Garcia's death in 1995. 
They are still to this day one of the highest grossing musical acts that's touring. Not the dead themselves. It's a it's a reconfiguration of the band. It's John Mayer, you know, and a lot of their of course John Mayer fans are coming to see him. But they're playing the same music that they've played forever and still yeah. making a fucking killing. Yeah, they're 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 a real special story. I I, I know we're going off uh, on a tangent here, but I often wonder about like if Jimi Hendrix didn't die, if John Lennon didn't die, twenty twenty two, would they still be like, damn it, nobody's buying my albums? Like, what if they started putting out clunkers in the eighties and the nineties, right. and all of a sudden they were irrelevant? Would that have erased some of you know the memories we have of their heyday? Would they yeah. still be who they are? If they kind of burned out or, or what's the, it's better to burn out than to fade away. No, like fading away would be what I guess they'd be doing if they just like, God, there we keep trying to have another hit and they have dud after dud. Like people forget you were ever awesome. Right. Yeah. But I don't think that's true though, because there, there are so many bands like that, that people do still remember, you know, some of them are still touring and are, that are still out there, but you know, like for instance, Neil Young, he just had a fucking huge controversy, you know, over the Spotify thing. He's not coming out with a ton of new music. He's he's had some hits here and there, you know, some albums within the last couple of years with our friends uh, Lucas and, and Corey, you know, from Promise of the Real. But, you know, people are still listening to his old stuff and he's still relevant because of that old his old music. They're not. Like when you go to a Neil Young concert, you don't want to hear the hit, the new the new stuff. You want to hear the old hits. Paul McCartney's still putting out new music. Like I have to think somebody's buying it. Yeah, name one name one of those songs. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> right. All right. Let's get. We're, we're running over time here. Uh, number fifteen, Dirty Dancing. This is another one of those where uh, I was not on my radar at all. I was a kid at this time and it was, you know, the, the racy, I was seven when this came out and it was like, like you said about the uh, purple rain movie. You know, it was, I was watching wrestling when I was seven, not dirty dancing, you know? Yeah. Um, They came there. This was another one where they came out with uh, more Dirty Dancing the year after, which they added a bunch of songs to. Um, And then in uh, 2017, due to the uh, strong resurgence in vinyl sales, they came out with the 30th edition on vinyl. Then they added even more songs to. So, what do you know about what do you know about Dirty Dancing? I know I made a shit ton of money because they squeezed enough blood out of that stone, didn't they? It was it was another one of them huge albums. I'm starting to it's starting to paint a picture in my head. You're you're naming these things and remembering, right? Because I had a cassette player, right? Cassettes were what we had in our generation. Uh, there were a couple four tracks laying around that I know my dad owned, but when cassettes came in, my mom started to collect a couple cassettes. I would steal those cassettes. So my cassette collection at about this time was Footloose. The Beverly Hills Cop soundtrack, Dirty Dancing, Flash Dance, and the one cassette tape I owned, Weird Al in 3D. <laughs> <laughs> so those five albums, like constantly on rotation. 
I don't think I ever saw Flashdance. I'm pretty sure I've only seen uh, uh, Footloose once. But yeah, those are those are the albums I grew up on for a few years in the '80s. All because of your mom. Yeah, just because those those were the ones, and you know, yeah. eventually I remember my second tape was uh, Twisted Sister, Stay Hungry. Right? Then I started to work my way away from my mom's tapes <laughs> into my own collection of tapes. <laughs> she must have Very signed cool. up for one of the Columbia House, like you know, oh, get fifty sure. tapes yeah, for yeah. a penny. Yeah, because there are all sorts of things. I remember looking at like Glass Tiger. What is Glass Survivor? <laughs> like some of these bands. I don't know. They're, they're a little too old for me. I re- yeah, yeah, yeah. I remembered it all. Steve Miller, she had. Um, oh, Electric Light Orchestra. Yeah, so I, I actually did get into a bunch of, uh, you know, cool music early because there were just cassette tapes laying around my house. Sure. Yeah. Uh, let me just run down the original uh, edition of Dirty Dancing 1987. Uh, I've had the time of my life. Uh be my baby. She's like the wind. Hungry eyes. Stay. Yes. Uh, you don't own me by the blow monkeys. Uh, hey, baby. Overload. Love is strange. Where are you tonight? And in the still of the night by the five satins. Yeah. Like the first few songs, I was like, yeah, I remember them. And then you started to go to the second side of the cassette tape. Yeah. And I went, nope, don't know those. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It's amazing how much more, how many more songs that they pulled out of that uh, yeah. movie then for, to, to keep adding to the soundtrack that they could just keep making money on. Uh, all right. Last one, Bill. You know, you know what it was, man? It, it's got to be like, remember that scene when Baby was in the toilet? What was playing behind her? Oh, yeah. Wasn't that a... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> like they, they must really like oh we gotta listen real deep what, what was that what, did somebody just whistle something walking by yeah yeah I think it was a four top song put it on the soundtrack <laughs> uh, this is another one that slid past me that I never uh, I don't think I've ever seen Empire Records is our final movie for the uh, soundtrack yeah do you know not about a, not a no no, that same with me. It was like Empire Records. I was I was at college. I was kind of away from reality for a while. Yeah, Empire Records isn't one I, I ever got into. I know it's um, uh, Stephen Tyler's daughter, Liv Tyler's in it. I know people like it. I don't yeah. think I've ever seen it. Yeah, it does have a huge cold following. There's a there's a quote here from 2010. Gin Blossom's frontman Robin Wilson said, uh, "It's a classic film that it seems like only a handful of people really saw, but it definitely made an impact on that generation, and it was cool to have been a part of that." So the soundtrack uh, featured the Gin Blossoms, the Cranberries, Edwin Collins, the Martinis, Toad the Wet Sprocket. Uh, better than Ezra, the Ape Hangers, Cracker, Drill, Please, Evan Dando, Coyote Shivers, and uh, the Cruel Sea. This is that time of music where everybody was named like one word, yeah. like Sponge, yeah. Fuel. Yeah, I mean, yeah. oh, I hated this. This era. was uh, let's see when this came out. Nineteen. I don't know. I'm not sure. I think you're gonna say. Out. I'm going to look it up. I feel like it was 1996. So I've always said to you, there was a period where music really stopped being interesting and fun for me. It was, it was right around this time. Yeah. So September, 1995. 
Yeah, it's yeah. like right as grunge was like, okay, we only lasted a couple years. Then it was Gin Blossoms, you know. Right. Hey, jealousy. Hey, jealousy. And all these songs started to come in. Oh, I hated this is This is where it just it all changed for me. I stopped listening to the radio at about this time. Yeah, I remember my cousins being so into Green Day. And like that, yeah. it was just like, I, I was just, I don't remember like what type of music that I was into as a kid, but it wasn't that. <laughs> No. You know, yeah, that was you. Know, you're, you know, I'm with you. It's like all of a sudden Green Day was huge. I'm like, that's eh, not my style anymore. Yeah. By then, I was already going down rabbit holes and listening to records that nobody's ever heard of. So the radio right. was bye bye. I probably had like the WWF soundtrack at that time or something like that, <laughs> with like Rick Derringer songs on it. <laughs> He's um, what, what was the Hogan song? Uh, I am an amazing. Oh fuck, I can't think of it. Yeah, you're close. I'm a real American. Yeah, you got it. Fight for the rights of every man. Perfect pitch. There's that copyright. No, see, I can for sing, once it wasn't. I, I can sing all I want because I I'm not good. So the algorithm will never be able to tell that you're singing. That's okay. I got it. <laughs> All right, Bill. So it come, we come to a conclusion here. I'm going to have you fill out your bracket. Last time it didn't work out. No one, not one person matched your bracket. That's why we still have the prizes. Once again, if you would like to win an Elvira keychain, a Darcy the male girl action figure from the last drive-in with Joe Bob Briggs. Who, by the a- way, I met yesterday, everybody. I I walked up to Joe Bob and huh? You want to talk about? I walked up to Joe Bob and I walked up to I I, and I just I just got shy and I was just like, yeah. They were at a conference in in New Jersey in Atlantic City and I I walk up and she looks beautiful and I'm like, oh hi and and I said hey thank you for you know the the love you've given our show and I I mentioned your name and she lit up she knew who you were and I was like that that was about all I could get out and then I literally said to her I am so awkward. I, I said, I'm awkward as shit, so I'm going to walk away. I was so embarrassed. And she was so sweet. She was like, oh, we're all awkward. Don't worry about it. I'm like, it's too late. I'm gone. I've, I'm humiliated. Joe Bob didn't say a word. He was just like, here comes another idiot. <laughs> Ruined our chances. Yeah. yeah. All right. And uh, so those things. And then you can also win a T-shirt. So three things. The T-shirt, uh, your size. Elvira keychain and a Darcy, the male girl action figure go to our Facebook group. I have the link posted there for the bracket, fill out your bracket, post a screenshot of the bracket in the comment section. And then voting will begin this week. And then uh, whoever wins will announce next week on the show. So bill real quick, we'll run through this. We'll go through your bracket for your chance to win. Uh, Judgment Night versus Empire Records. I'm going to have to pick Judgment Night because I'm not familiar with Empire Records. All right. Dazed and Confused versus Purple Rain. Can't beat Purple Rain with Dazed and Confused. It can't be done. It's impossible. All right. And it's important for everybody to know that the list that I'm picking here, I'm I'm answering this. This is forever. Nobody can argue this. This is the new canonical list of best soundtracks. It's my no, way or the fucking highway. The, the the real list will be done by our voting, which begins very oh. soon. 
uh, by our group, by the Deluxe Edition, a classic pop culture Facebook group. Uh, Thanks for neutering my little power trip there, man. Number five versus number 12, Back to the Future versus Airheads. I don't remember Airheads really being a soundtrack that people talked about. Back to the Future was one that I cared about. So for that reason, it gets my my vote. All right. Uh, Let's see. Top Gun versus That Thing You Do. Top Gun. Yeah, it's got to be Top Gun. Uh, Again, maybe it's just uh, probably a great soundtrack, but I'm just not familiar with the That Thing You Do soundtrack. And uh, touching on Top Gun, if you haven't seen our interview with Tom Skerritt yet, make sure you uh, check that out. It's a really good uh, interview, and he'll be in the new Top Gun coming out very soon. And he drops a spoiler that TMZ has yet to pick up, so go listen. You can... Yeah, if you don't want to, if you don't want a spoiler, don't listen to it. But it's uh, it's a good one. Uh, all right, the Crow versus Forrest Gump. All right, even though the sales for Forrest Gump are probably far better, the Crow was original content created, maybe not necessarily for the Crow, but around that period of the Crow, and the Crow was huge. Like to me, this is another one of the, those things. I'm going to say to you, I've never had to say you don't remember how big the Crow was. I mean, you must have just missed it. Yeah. You must have just hit the age and, and didn't even pay attention to it. You, you were you were with Transformers for a day too long because the crow was massive. Crow yeah, was massive. I do so remember gets, the crow. I do remember the crow being massive, but only because I was I was little. But I remember because of uh, Brandon Lee being killed. Well, I mean, it was that, but it was the, the, the movie was great. The songs were great. I mean, it was it was it was a great movie. It was a, it was a, it was a, it, it, that gets my vote. The crow. Going back to what we talked about earlier, was The Crow originally a comic book? Yeah. Oh, okay. And was it a Marvel comic book? No, it wasn't a mainstream. It wasn't a DC or Marvel. It was one of those smaller publishers. Okay. All right. Uh, That ties into what you said about the Ghost Rider. I guess that's maybe why they threw that Ghost Rider reference in there. Yeah, I don't know. I'll have to listen. I, I, right. I, I don't even think it was meant to be like, you know, hey, this is a song about Ghost Rider. It's just like I said earlier, it's just a reference. Okay. That's what I remember being. Sure. All right. Moving on. Uh, Footloose versus Trick or Treat. Oh, all right. Footloose is going to get this one. It is the better soundtrack. I love the Fast Way album, but uh, no, it's going to be Footloose. All right. <laughs> uh, Guardians of the Galaxy versus Singles. 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 Again, yeah, for the same reason I, I mentioned before. New music. Uh, yeah, yeah. It made the movie. The movie was already huge, but w- with the with the with the audio being added to it and being huge, it was just it made it such a bigger, bigger thing. Bridget Fonda was in that movie. She she was the best. Bridget Fonda was only in a couple movies like Single White Female and Singles, and then all of a sudden she vanished. I don't know where she went. She was really good in that movie. Hmm. All right, last one. Uh, Pulp Fiction versus Dirty Dancing. Oh, man. Oh, man. For people in the 90s, it's Pulp Fiction. For people in the 80s, it's Dirty Dancing. So I'm going to go with my age, and I'm going to pick Dirty Dancing, and that's a hard one. All right. What you said earlier about the, the movies that you picked on here. Yeah. You picked based on the fact that the songs were new to you, that you hadn't maybe heard them before. 
right? And they and they went with the movie. Okay. Is that yeah, what you're saying? I, Is that kind of what you're I think you're calling yeah, I think you're calling me out on it. I think I favor like new songs that come out with new movies. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it, that's part of the experience for me. The soundtrack was exciting because it was new stuff. Yeah, I guess I never got into soundtracks that were just like best of collections. Right. Here's another example. Yeah. Like I remember when the Doors movie came out. I was in junior high and the Doors suddenly to a bunch of kids who were how old were we? 13, 14? Like we ne- we didn't know the Doors. So when the movie came out and the soundtrack came out, everybody had a Doors shirt, a Doors this, a Doors that. I didn't. I was like it's not new. Like I, I don't care. I can go right. buy a Doors album and listen to that. Yeah. So I guess I've always been more um, interested in new songs that that at least seem to be written for the movie to create a bigger movie experience. Yeah. See, I, now I'm the I'm the opposite. I remember when that Doors movie came out, and I was holy shit, the fucking Doors. Like I fucking dug, dug deep into the Doors. You know, I had all their shit, and then like. Again, with this list, I'm the opposite. Like, I don't even, I wouldn't be able to tell you really, like, songs from a movie. I, I really like the soundtracks that, that are on, like, in those period pieces, like Days and Confused, where it's the music from the 70s, from that, you know, like the, to me, that goes with the movie. Like, that really, I get it. Like, I wouldn't be able to tell you, original songs or different, like a a song wouldn't stick out to me. I don't think, or, you know, in the past it hasn't stuck out to me because of just being an original song in a, in a movie that I haven't heard before. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. We're definitely different there. Like man in the mask, the Alice Cooper song that was with the, uh, the, one of the Jason movies. Like I heard it in the movie. I was like, I got to find that song. I got to figure out who it was. Oh, wow. It's this guy, Alice Cooper. I heard of him. I go down rabbit holes. It's a lot yeah. easier now with the internet, but it was, you know, it was a challenge back in the eighties and nineties. <laughs> yeah, cool. All right. Uh let's just run down through this list. So Judgment Night versus uh Dazed and Confused. <sighs> I'm gonna have to go with Judgment Night. All right. Uh Back to the Future and that thing you do. I'm gonna have to go with Back to the Future. No, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. It, uh Back to the Future and Top Gun. What were the songs on Top Gun again? You got that handy? Oh fuck! That's uh, okay. It's all right. I'm trying to. Now I'm going to go on this one based on what I remember the the popularity being, and I think Top Gun was was a bigger album because of that Danger Zone. Yeah, Danger Zone. Uh, yeah. All right, Top Gun. All right, The Crow versus Footloose. Mm, that's a tough one because it's the same thing as before. The '80s kids are going to say this. The '90s kids are going to say that. I think the crow might have been bigger. The crow, the crow album was huge. Maybe the Footloose album was huge, and I just didn't realize it. But the crow album was huge. We're gonna go with right. crow. Yeah. Okay. Uh, did I ever tell you? It's not my uh, Kevin Bacon story. It's my friend Dan's Kevin Bacon story. He had a, an opportunity to meet him in a backstage thing, and it was you've been there. It's a very quick thing. You get to say something, you shake their hand and move along. And he shook Kevin Bacon's hand. He said, I just want to thank you for Footloose and Tremors and walked away. (laughs) (laughs) Meanwhile, Uh, he's like, wait a minute, man. (laughs) You didn't like the Invisible Man? (laughs) 
Uh, all right. Singles versus Dirty Dancing. Oh, shit, man. See, you, now I'm in, I'm in this scenario for a third time. All right. Singles was massive. You don't remember it. Dirty Dancing, that was even bigger. That was definitely bigger. It's got to go with Dirty Dancing. All right. What I like about these lists, though, Bill, is I do go back and I've been watching a lot of the stuff that I haven't seen in the past that was on our uh, that has been on our list. Like I called you the other day. I'm like, how the fuck did Dawn of the Dead make our list? Like make that list. Like that's not a great horror movie. And you were like, well, yeah, but it was the first one. Like it's the first one that did that shit. I'm like, oh, well, if you look at it like that. Yeah. Okay. You know? So yeah, it's, it's got a whole uh, subtext. It's about consumerism and, and like gross American consumerism. Like there's a yeah. subtext. It's a smarter yeah. movie. I tried to tell my son that one time because you know he's like, Dan, you like all these zombie movies. I'm like, but sometimes they're smart. Like this, and he goes, I don't believe you. He, <laughs> he refuses to believe that like there's a sub. Like if I told a Wizard of Oz was really about politics, it was all like you know uh, symbolism for politics. He'd never believe me. <laughs> <laughs> all right, final four. Judgment Night versus Top Gun. All right. Judgment Night. Judgment Night. You know what? I'm going to take that back. I'm flip-flopping on my criteria. It's a game. There's no rules. Who cares? But I'm going to go with Top Gun because I think Top Gun, that had more impact. I think Judgment Night is – didn't you say it earlier? Like for the people that know about it, it's huge, but not everybody knew about it. So I have to demote them for that. It's going to go with the other. You know what? You're moving into the danger zone. Uh, the Crow versus Dirty Dancing. I hate this game. Can we stop doing these games? Um, Dirty Dancing, I think, has to. Dirty Dancing is going to be one of the top three, if not top two. Double D. It was. It was that big. Double right. D it was that big. Final. Top Gun versus Dirty Dancing. Yeah, what it's going to be Dirty Dancing. Dirty, dirty Dancing. dancing. Don't even need a drum roll. Saw it coming a mile away. All right. Dirty Dancing. You know, I'd love to go through the list of movies that, um, or soundtracks rather, that we did not get to put on that list as I drop sure. my earphones out of my ear. All right. So when you, when you give me this list, of, you know, this is, we've talked about this before. I do the Excel where Casey puts it together. I squint. I squint so I don't see it. Like I just let the Excel pivot tables do all this. All right, so now, but I do, I did get to see a couple, and I was like, "Oh, that's interesting." So I, I, I'm going to cherry pick through here these because a lot of these are soundtracks. I don't, I'm shocked anybody thought was was a good soundtrack, or, or sometimes I didn't even know they had a soundtrack, and people are like, "Yeah, that's my my favorite soundtrack." All right, so that's what you're listening for here. Most of these, yeah, yeah, yeah most of these we talked about, but Greece, yeah, Greece, that was huge. Why didn't that get more votes? Yeah, that was close. It was, it was that was a close one to the. That was in the top 20 for sure. Oh, yeah. Firebirds. Don't remember that movie. Yeah, Iron Eagle. That. that had a soundtrack. <laughs> well, doesn't every movie have a soundtrack? Even though even though it may not be released, every movie has to have a sound, some type of soundtrack. Like there has to be yeah. sound there. <laughs> You're wrestling with semantics here. All right. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. Iron Eagle, Last Action Hero. That was actually a big soundtrack. The movie was kind of a dud, but it was also in that same period of, you know, grunge is coming in. So it helped introduce grunge. Rocky, Rocky Four. I remember the Rocky Four soundtrack. Living in America. <laughs> uh, 
The Big Chill, The Last Dragon, The Lost Boys. Oh, remember this big song for The Lost Oh, you don't know The Lost Boys. I did finally watch The Lost Boys. Yeah, great movie. Yeah. I did watch yeah. it. I don't remember got, the song, though. It didn't, didn't stick out to me. Cry, little children. Something like that. Children. That goes back to what we were just talking about. Was that was that a sat was that a song written for that music for that movie? I always assumed it was. And it's such a great song, and I love it because of the movie, and I love the movie because of the song. Yeah. 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 Spice World. (laughs) I love that somebody put that in there. (laughs) Uh, Alien almost famous. Almost this Famous is, this is a great movie. We were, I was just talking about uh, that with someone else the other day. I'm pretty sure people are trolling us. Moulin Rouge. Okay, I remember that. I loved Moulin Rouge. Secret Confession. Moulin Rouge is a great movie and a great soundtrack. I've never seen it. Yeah. And it's when it's like uh, Ewan McGregor's singing in it and Nicole Kidman is singing in it. And the, the actors are actually doing their own parts. And they, they always try to do that now. And it almost, you know, sometimes never works. But... It worked with them. They're they're great singers. I like them singing together. Ghostbusters, Godzilla, Goonies. What's this? Hemorrhized. I don't know. That's not real. Somebody's got a hemorrhoid. High Fidelity, Highlander, I Am Sam, Jaws, Juice, Karate Kid. Okay. La Bamba. Yeah, La Bamba was a big song when that came That's out. That's a good one. When that came out, all the, oh, you couldn't stop here in La Bamba. It was yeah. everywhere. Los Lobos does that song in there on that, right? Yeah. Like, here's one. Mannequin. Who had the mannequin soundtrack? I didn't even know there was one. Love Actually, Lost Highway, Maximum Overdrive, right? They had an ACDC song. Who made who? Who made you? Um, you have to be got, careful when you do that. Yeah, we, we're already, we got copyright strikes all over. Repo Man, Raiders of the Lost Ark, Rad, Queen of the Damned, Pump Up the Volume. I guarantee my friend Michelle put that in there. I mean, yeah. Uh, Christian Slater, if you're listening, you do have a stalker out there. Just want you to know you got to watch out for my friend Michelle. Suburbia, Superman, The Boat That Rocked. There's not a movie called The Boat That Rocked, is there? Yeah, so some of these, some of these are interesting. The Wildlife. I remember that. That was an 80s movie. I remember like Van Eddie Van Halen had something to do with the soundtrack. The Wraith, Walk the Line. Okay, that was the uh, country singer. Johnny Cash. Johnny Cash, yeah. Yeah, great movie. Where Eagles Dare. I'm not familiar with that. And, uh, yeah, all right. Well, that the five heartbeats. Interesting. Interesting list. I'm going to have to listen to all these. We have an eclectic uh, group of characters over on our uh, Facebook group. The, The lists that we get from that group is always so great. There were... There were... I forget there were over 90 comments on this uh on this particular uh bracket game. And uh we got yeah, some of those ones you mentioned there are quite interesting. I mean, there's still some I couldn't name. We'll be here all day. All right, Bill, that's uh that's gonna wrap us up. Make right. sure you head over to our Facebook group, like I mentioned before, fill out uh the bracket, and when you go to the bracket uh, link, it will look like this. And you can click on each one and fill those out and then uh, take a screenshot of it and then post it in our group uh, in the comments of the post. And then uh, 
Voting will begin this week, and you can win those prizes. The uh, Darcy the Male Girl figure, Elvira keychain, and a T-shirt of your size. I will order for you and send directly to your house. He'll even wear it once, so it'll, it'll smell like him. No, it will be coming directly from whatamaneuver.net slash collections slash deluxe edition. You can also find us on Twitter and Instagram at deluxe edition pod. We are on the den, the deluxe edition network, Herman James, the rant with Herman James is our podcast of the month. And you can find all of our back shows at deluxeedition.show. 